Good evening and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and joining me tonight to record Diz Dads Podcast Plus episode 35 are my trusty co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. And Tim Hicks. There's a snake in my boots. So tonight we're going to be talking about celebrating the holidays at Walt Disney World in 2020. Um, Obviously, those holiday celebrations are going to look a little bit different than they have for the last several years. So we want to talk about what we know so far and, frankly, also some areas where we don't really know everything just yet. But before we get into that, I do need to thank our podcast sponsors. First, our travel sponsors, Wicked Mouse Travel and Mouse Master Travel. Both are authorized Disney vacation planners, and they would love to help you plan that fantastic Walt Disney World holiday vacation. Um, You can check out Wicked Mouse Travel at wickedmousetravel.com and Mouse Master Travel at mousemastertravel.com. And of course, if you're taking a small child with you for that holiday trip, you'll probably want to also contact Kingdom Strollers, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental service. Uh, Go and check them out at kingdomstrollers.com. You'll see that they have high quality uh, strollers and and, uh, cribs and, and bed rails and all those good things that make this kind of a trip with a younger child so much easier. Uh, I really do encourage you to to give them a call. They keep their equipment in great shape and nice and clean. Um, I've, I've never had a negative experience working with Kingdom Strollers. Guys, um, the holiday, I mean, everything is different these days at Walt Disney World. And so why should the holidays be any different? Um, we're used to having a, a sort of standard you know, group of activities that happen, um, around the holidays at Walt Disney World. And that is going to be different this year. Um, we're going to have a very different set, you know, um, it's not the end of the world. You know, we lost, uh, the Osborne family festival of lights at, at Hollywood studios was the centerpiece of everybody's Walt Disney World or many people's Walt Disney World holiday celebration for years. Uh, and, That went away and we found other ways, other things to celebrate. I'm sure we're going to continue to do the same thing, but I think it probably is only fair to go through and and talk about the things that aren't going to be back this year. Um, And maybe we kind of work our way around a little bit. Um, the, The first thing is that even some of the activities that people are used to seeing for the holidays in the resorts uh, will either be different or not there at all, right? Very much so. I think we would be already on like party number 10 for Halloween if we're doing the Halloween parties this year. Yeah. So 
I mean, we're we're almost a month into when Halloween would have started at Disney, and this year the decorations aren't going up for another week. So, you know, it's a big drastic change this year, which for some of us, it's a great thing because I can't get into Halloween August 15th <laughs> when it's 109 <laughs> degrees and muggy, but that's just me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, wine's I, already been going on for how long? I mean, it's, yeah, well, anyway. Go ahead. Right. So, so, and, and obviously the impact on Halloween is, is, you know, a little different just because, you know, the special events for Halloween are fairly focused, right? I mean, really, we're just talking about Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. There's not a whole lot else that is Halloween focused. Um, You know, they've experimented with various villains parties and things like that, but um, I, I didn't really expect there to be anything else like that this year at least. Um, but you're right, no Halloween parties. And so the delay in, in putting up the Halloween decorations until probably a more appropriate time anyway, a little closer <laughs> to Halloween. Um, and then, you know, one of the things about Walt Disney World, th- there's that golden week, right? Which is right there at the end of October. And if you timed it just right, a lot of years, you could do a um, Halloween, you know, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party at the beginning of your trip and a Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party at the end of your trip because they they turn over the Magic Kingdom like magic overnight. Um, I assume That's they're still going to cool do... Time. Huh? That's a cool time because you're there like October 30th and November 8th, you check out, you could have done two parties and seen two different major seasons. Yeah, and the Magic Kingdom really does transform. It's a completely different park, really, from Halloween to to Christmas, you know, holiday decorations. Um, so I, I think we're still going to see some of that, right? I mean, if you really are, are, if you love seeing the different decorations, you can still do that with the Golden Week. And frankly, it'll be cheaper because you won't have to pay for two parties. Um, but I, I still expect there to be a similar you know, transformation of Magic Kingdom um, because the the Halloween decorations, you know, they'll stay up at least through the 31st. And I believe we've seen reports already that uh, we should see the Christmas decorations starting to go up November 6th. Is that right? That sounds about right. 6th through the 8th. And yeah. It, yeah, it takes a while. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Right. Um, it's, it is obviously a major effort. Yeah. 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 So, you know, basically you've got that week where if you you know want to be in the magic kingdom at the end of october and then again at the uh sort of end of the first week of november um you can catch both sets of decor um but but no party so just like there's no halloween party also no um Mickey's very merry Christmas party this year. We were kind of holding out hope that we might get some of those because uh, they didn't cancel them right away, but it looks like those will not be happening. That's the, the, the terrible thing about this whole deal is that you, when you think of the holidays, um, you you think of the time of being together, you know, with family members, with groups, with people that you you know care about. And that's just not in the offing for a Disney situation this year. I mean, you can, you know, be with your family, but, you know, as far as the, 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 the not so scary Christmas party or the very Merry, uh, I'm sorry, the not so scary Halloween party 
and the very Merry Christmas party. Sorry, again, my party's mixed up here. Um, it's just that's that's not going to happen this year, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be enjoyable either. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes down to it is that they realized as they started to look at these parties how much of the expected activities just weren't going to work in and allow them to continue to uphold the same safety standards that they've been upholding since they reopened. You know, so much of the parties revolve around the characters in unique costumes or unique characters being available. We're just not going to do those. We're not going to be doing high touch um, character pictures and things like, you know, handing out um, um, candy and hot chocolate or, or ha- cookies and hot chocolate or candy. Uh, those are just too hard to do on the scale that they do them with all the appropriate precautions. And I thought there was a chance we could have the Christmas party only because majority of the Christmas party is self-serve. But I think they didn't want to do the put too many people in the parks for a short amount of time and feel like they're having to completely entertain them with holiday themes only. Right. Well, and and there are some logistical issues, too. I mean, a lot of the party activities, yeah, there's, you know, shorter lines theoretically, although – we're already working under reduced capacity, so that really isn't a big, you know, gain, a big improvement. Um, but all of the, the, you know, special entertainment, right, the special shows, well, they're avoiding doing shows that cause crowds to gather close together. So that means that you can't really have a show in Tomorrowland and a show in, you know, on the, the castle forecourt stage and another show kind of over in Frontierland that is going to gather people together because the whole point is that they want fewer people in the parks overall and more dispersed. So doing activities that pull people close together, you know, is contrary to the overall safety plan. But if they only put seven to 8,000 people in the park, which is what we're hearing as most days, that wouldn't have been that much more than what they have during the day anyway. But I think, like you just said, there's some challenging aspects of, like, we want to see the castle light up. We want to see this cavalcade. We want to see that. And all of a sudden, the hub's full of people. Yeah, it's the concentrations. It's the right. it's the choir singing or the group singing in in Tomorrowland, you know, or the DJ in Tomorrowland with the dance party. I mean, it's it's all of the things that you don't, you know, you you don't want people to be doing. So, um I, I think it's ultimately a good thing that they decided to go forward without the the parties. Um and you know, it's not only Magic Kingdom that's going to see changes. Uh one of the good news pieces is that we are still getting at least some of the uh, the the festival of holidays over at Epcot, but it's going to look a little different. I think it's going to look a lot different, but <laughs> I think they've opened up World Show Place with the um, choirs in there that will be cool. And a lot of people have never been in World Show Place. 
So they're going to see a really cool aspect of Epcot that most people have never seen. It stinks there's no candlelight processional because a lot of people go to Disney to see the candlelight processional readers read the story and the choir sings. But there's no way you can do a choir or anything of that with COVID-19. No, you talk about singing and the very act of singing can project that. And that's just not going to be on the cards for this year. Not at all. I'm going to be really interested to see how they handle the staging of um, Joyful, which is the musical group that's going to be singing in World Showplace. Um, and also Voices of Liberty is going to be back singing on the um, uh, the American Gardens Theater stage, you know, that that stage out front in front of the um, the American Adventure. And so it'll be outside and not in the foyer, well, correct? The the um, Voices of Liberty is singing outside, but According to the news report so far, Joyful is singing inside in World Showplace. Now, it's a huge open warehousey space, but it's still indoors. But here's my question. Do they put up a plastic wall and each singer is 12 feet apart? Because they can build the stage as big as they want. Well, that's you know. that's the part that I'm going to be interested to see, and and frankly, I mean, there are other ways around it too. We're we're talking about you know Disney is the home of the NBA bubble, so right. if, if Joyful shows up two weeks before their show, right, and they all stay them, together, <laughs> you know, yeah, put them in the bubble, yeah, put them <laughs> up in a nice suite, and and you know they share the space, and and by the time two weeks is up, there's no problem with them singing near each other. That's so that part is a little less concerning, but. I guess the bigger issue is being indoors and and projecting and singing, you know, for a crowd. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they stage it because you know they're going to be careful about it and do it smart. Um, but I am really glad to see that it's not just another new group coming in to sing. That they also have got um, Voices of Liberty, you know, getting sort of a marquee opportunity because they really deserve it. They really do. They there are some astronomically talented singers in that group. I just can't. I, yeah, there are. If you if you've never heard them, you owe it to yourself. I mean, they are so brilliant. And I'm really glad they're bringing them back because that is something people don't ever pay attention to in America because they always walk by thinking, oh, it's chicken nuggets and turkey legs. And they don't pay attention to what's really, really good in the American pavilion. That's true. And I also think it's one of those things that people don't realize they miss until it's gone. Right? Because people who, who right. do, you know, it's it's okay, so dad dragged everybody into the American Adventure because he really likes to see the show and he's gonna make everybody sit in air conditioning with him to take a break and see the show, and you catch the last five or 10 minutes of, you know, the Voices of Liberty show. And it's beautiful. It's transporting. It's great. But there aren't very many people that build their day around being there for that show, um, partially because of the way they schedule it. And that's my own complaint. I hate the way they schedule Voices of Liberty most of the time. Um, they make it really difficult, frankly, <laughs> to plan on going to see them. Um, but all that said... It's one of those things that I think that they're probably noticed in their absence in some ways, you know, maybe even more than noticed in their presence. 
I suppose there are some people that just, you know, they just don't care. They're just, okay, let's just get on through with this and see this show and get on with our life, you know, but, but it's a, it's a treat that you're really owed to yourself to see. Um, now, so we do have a couple of musical performances, even without a, um, candlelight processional. Um, and there are lots of reasons to not do the candlelight processional. The biggest being that you know, we've all seen and been in those lines um, of people gathering for seating shoulder to shoulder. It's just the the epitome of the kinds of things that they're avoiding doing in these circumstances. That line with a six foot, you know, between people would go definitely to test track. To test track? It, it would go to the rock and roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, but you know what I mean? Like, seriously. Like, I mean, if, you know, if, um, what, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was there. Neil Patrick Harris again? was there. I mean, it, it probably would go to Magic Kingdom. Like, yeah, right? With six feet apart. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that, that they're continuing to take advantage of Epcot's strengths when they can, right? So one of the big advantages of Epcot is big open walkways, lots of space, and lots of access to kitchens. So the never-ending food festivals will continue with holiday food. What's wrong with food at Epcot? I love the food there. <laughs> Uh, I love the food. I already saw the cheese soup is coming back. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Well, it's the right timing for it, right? That is the right timing for it. it, It'll be later in the year than we're used to seeing. It'll be, you know, late November before it starts. And uh, that'll be great. You can dip it at five o'clock. It'll be dark out and you'll feel like it's chilly-ish. It could be (laughs) 90 or it could be 60, but. (laughs) But hey. There you go. Um, we also, uh, oh, I do want to circle back to Magic Kingdom because there's one other thing that, that we skipped talking about that we probably should mention. Um, and that is one of the most popular things. And it came up as we were talking about things that, that, you know, people gathered for. But one of the things that's been really popular over the last, what, how long has it been since Frozen, the first Frozen came out? Eight years, something like that? Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Solid. But, uh, you know, over that time period, the the Frozen Holiday Wish has gotten to be just hugely popular. That moment when they flip the, the icicle lights on and, you know, like, it's gorgeous. There's no question. It's absolutely beautiful. No Frozen Holiday Wish this year. They've gone away from it. Um, I think mostly it's about trying to avoid it being such a big deal to have that moment, right, of, of lighting, because they used to kind of repeat that. They'd relight a few times a night. And and I think what, they just don't want concentrations of people. I was going to say, they don't want the people waiting and waiting and waiting when they can do, what is it called, Castle of Dream Lights? Well, it's interesting. So I'm not sure that there's a name even for it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, Castle Dreamlights. That's right. So it will be Castle Dreamlights. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. It won't be Castle Dreamlights either. I was just looking back at the notes. Um, it's neither, right? Castle Dreamlights is what's normally they're kind of playing in the background. They're they're going to do – they're finding a nice middle ground. It'll be something special and unique for the holidays, but it won't be that singular moment, um, you know, 
uh, uh, frozen castle, you know, flip the switch and it looks like ice covered. Um, it, it'll be continually moving projections and they'll be holiday themed. So there'll still be some great, you know, photo moments with your family in front of it and all of that, but it won't be the kind of thing that would necessarily drag groups of people to congregate in front of the castle waiting for it. Right. Create those crowds. They're, it's just another step to, to eliminate the, the gathering of crowds. Yeah. And the fact that it's constantly changing images encourages people to move too. Right. Because once you've seen a little bit, you just keep moving on. Right. Exactly. Instead of, oh my God, when's this lighting? When's this lighting? Oh, oh, it, it'll be in five minutes. And then next thing you know, there's a hundred people standing in 15 feet of section. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so in, in the Magic Kingdom, they, they've switched to that. Um, in Epcot, you know, again, they've, they've gone to sort of more decentralized, better use of bigger spaces for um, any kinds of, of special events. Uh, it does not look like we're going to get the, um, the usual uh, uh, holiday shows, country by country. Um, again, it's that same problem, you know, it's gathering people in a close area and those are, I think, especially hard because they were, they were story storyteller moments. So they were intimate story opportunities and people were close together and I, I'm, I'm sorry that they can't do them, but I understand. Everyone knows it's 2020. Like it's, you know, and if you don't, you probably shouldn't be going to Disney. Like, I hate to say it that way, but, you know, go down, have a good trip, enjoy what they're putting on, because they're already putting on a lot more than most towns or cities are going to be able to put on, and enjoy your visit. That's true, and I think it goes back to the things that we've said before about the fact that, you know, this is a time for people who are experienced Disney travelers to go and take these things in. If it, if this is your first time and you're wanting to see, you know, a very Merry Christmas party and you're wanting to see the, the, the candlelight procession, you want to see all the things that Disney is famous for in the holiday season, this isn't the year to do it. This is the year to um, be willing to take in the decorations at the different resorts, take in the decorations in the parks, uh, you don't need to have those special occasions where you're gathering up, you know, big groups of people, um, because they're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. Uh, you can still ride those rides and have really, really, really short lines to do so. It's just, you know, it, if if it's your first time and that's what you're interested in, save your money, try it again next year. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the resorts because we we really hadn't gotten back to talking about that yet, and. Um, one of the things that has been a big attraction for many years now at Walt Disney World are the magnificent uh, gingerbread construction projects that happen. <laughs> That's a um, good way. To, in, in That's a really good way of putting it. The, the deluxe project, resorts. I mean, project. just stunning stuff. Um, but again, you know, similar similar concept here. Um, we're just, we're not going to see them. Um, they're not going to do them because they're not going to do things that gather groups of people, especially in indoor spaces. I was hoping they would do a few that could be outdoors, but I understand they can't like over at Disney Springs, 
you know, like down where they usually do the concert and things, but I get it. It's just too hard to be able to shuffle the people in and out. Well, and, you know, the other thing is that it's gingerbread. So, you know, they, I mean, it really is made from food. So you can't do them outdoors. There are animals. They will get eaten or they will, you know, <laughs> react to the humidity of Florida and they'll collapse. Yep. If not the birds, the humidity, yep. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, if you've ever seen the display in, in the Grand Floridian of the gingerbread houses, it's really something to behold. It's magnificent. But I mean, how would you do that? I mean, if you like created the social distance space that you would need, then, you know, how many floors do you have to take up to be able to display, you know, the, the gingerbread houses? It's just not feasible. It's not possible. And that's something that Aaron said earlier. If those are the things you're looking for, go back in a year or two. Those things are not going to be gone forever. These things draw crowds, and they're going to be even bigger and better when it comes back. And Disney knows it, and you are right. When they come back, they will come back in grand fashion. Yeah, I mean, look— I think it's very likely we'll see this be an opportunity for them to sort of rethink and replan and figure out, you know, how can we take this up another notch when we come back? Um, The flip side to that is that they still do a really nice job, even without those huge gingerbread houses, decorating resorts, Um, especially the deluxe resorts. But um, really, all the resorts get at least some holiday flavor. And I think that, you know, I I still think that it's worth stopping in and visiting uh, different resorts other than the one you're staying at during the holidays just to see what they've done, you know, with with the decoration because it it tends to be in keeping with the theming of the resort. So what they end up doing at Grand Floridian is going to look different than what they're doing at Wilderness Lodge is going to look different than what they do at Riviera. Um, you know, wherever you are. When we were there in um, December, Aaron, Coronado Springs had a totally different um, holiday theme than um, the Riviera. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was like night and day different, like, which is really cool. Like you were like, oh, this is way different. Yeah, yep. and and we've done a split stay where we were at uh, the the Coronado Springs, and then we were at uh, Boulder Ridge in the in the wilderness. And you're right, the theming fits the resort, and it's it, it's really cool to see you know how how each different place has a different take on what they want to do for the holiday decorations. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, now you also mentioned Disney Springs, um, and while they aren't going to move the um, the, the 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 gingerbread sorry well they're not going to move the gingerbread to disney springs one of the reasons for that is they really already have the destination thing for disney springs and and that is huge elaborately decorated trees uh and and the trees will be back so you'll still be able to do sort of the the trail of trees I was thinking maybe uh, maybe the world of Lego could do gingerbread houses. <laughs> Either fall down or get. If they can't do it, no one can. Like, I know, all right? They can build anything. Exactly. <laughs> and if they can make Legos smell like gingerbread, how cool would that be? 
although they can totally do that. Don't don't test them. They can right, totally right. Do and that. every four year old and younger child will would be eating. Yep, would be Legos. swallowing Legos, <laughs> sticking them in their mouth. Absolutely. <laughs> Can't take us anywhere. You I two know. are a lawyer's nightmare. <laughs> um. This and, is why and, we can't have nice things. You know, the, the the one thing about the trees are in the past, they've kind of concentrated that tree trail into, you know, one distinct place. And again, the idea here is to spread crowds out, to stretch things out. So they're stretching out that trail. Um, I, I think it's a great thing because it means they stretch out the trail. And so it's going to pass by, you know, two or three times as many bars. So you could make a whole tree crawl out of it. Think about that. You could start the NBA experience where most people don't know where that is hmm. and get all the way down to the Christmas store and you've probably passed 15 or 17 bars. I like the idea of a Christmas tree crawl. Let's yeah. do it. And if we don't see the trees, it's okay. We'll see at least the first few. Yeah, we'll see Blitzen and Donner and Cupid <laughs> <Yeah>. and Blitzen. <laughs> And be blissened. I run gone. I run gone. Uh, well, I don't know that I'm going to get a chance to get down to see it. So if any of you get a chance to go down and, and do a Christmas tree crawl, let me know. I, I would love to either you know connect with you while you're while you're doing it, and uh, we'll we'll record some audio to share, or uh, at least talk about it when you get back. And if you do go, I will pay for your first three drinks. Woo-hoo! Wow. wow. And that was Willie. I'm going to be very clear. Willie will pay for your first three drinks. If you do a Christmas okay, tree crawl. You heard it. You heard it right here. <laughs> Christmas tree call. Crawl underway. Let's do it. <laughs> and that email address is? Willie at wickedmousetravel.com. Yeah, you notice when money's involved, he doesn't spell it for you. Um <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to listen to the show all the way to the end to get the spelling. Um, unfortunately, the fact that they've had to change around the entertainment means that, you know, Disney's Animal Kingdom that finally had a, a nice holiday celebration last year isn't going to have much this year because the one they did last year isn't going to work. Um, the the They are getting some um, use out of the now canceled um, Rivers of Light floats. They're going to put some characters out there and, and give you some holiday characters uh, doing some some cavalcade on the river, which is a little nice touch, um, but not a whole lot else holiday-wise going on in Disney's Animal Kingdom, right? I don't see much. I don't think so. I mean, you know, we can, we can stick with the theme from what we've seen in the past months and have some of the boats sinking during Oof. that. Well, <laughs> uh, that's a pretty dark holiday, Tim. I, I don't know. Hey, people have paid money to see this, right? <laughs> and it, it's it's no uh, you know no Osborne family lights, but we do have at least some special celebrations still happening in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, we've got the the Minnie's Holiday Dine. It's it's going to be back. Um, you know, this is one of the, the sort of character meals, the modified character meals that have come back. 
Um, Santa Goofy's there. That's right. It is your opportunity to see Santa Goofy. Notice I said C. Uh, don't know Santa. how meat is going to work. It will probably continue to be more of a C. I think the meat's going to be on your plate, not exactly. with the person. Okay. Enjoy your bacon and sausage and ham. And yeah. wave it. And Santa wave at Santa Goofy. Um, but it, it is nice that they're going to still do the special, you know, theming for the, the event, even if they can't do the, the direct um, character meets. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked through all these things and, and I mean, we've talked a lot about the things that aren't going to be there. Uh, I do think that there's still, as, as Tim has mentioned, some good value from the things that are going to be there because we're still going to see, I mean, even as the overall crowd levels go up somewhat, just because more people will be out of school and all of that kind of thing, um, it'll still be reduced crowds. And so you're going to see wait times that haven't existed during the holiday season at Walt Disney World in decades, if ever. No kidding. And and I, I really wonder, you know, the, the thing is, and, and this is an attribute to the way Disney handles the holidays. I have relatives that have been during the Christmas season that tell me, you know, wow, you should just, you should see the Magic Kingdom as, as it's decorated for Christmas. It's just amazing. They, you know, they didn't refer to any of the, the shows or anything like that. They just were marveling at the, at the decoration. Now, here's the big question. What are they going to do for New Year's Eve? Because that Disney World is a complete destination at New Year's Eve. How are they going to handle that, you think? Close early. Yeah, I, I, we don't have right. any information on anything New Year's Eve yet. And under normal circumstances, they'd be selling tickets already for special New Year's Eve events. Oh, yeah. And it's always it's always the most packed time during the year i mean it's like that's one of those uh what's the level where um you know if you don't have a ticket to this park you're they're closed for the day yeah when they go into the the 10 a.m if you're not in the magic kingdom you might want to look for a new park yeah yep and hope yeah Yeah. but no i don't want to distract from what we're talking about that's That's all right i mean it's a legitimate question and and i i think that tim or that willie may be right i think that the answer may simply be to close early um because you know they they want to do everything they can to avoid people packing the parks, um, and some of that's already going to be taken care of because they're using the reservation system, and you know they'll limit the number of people allowed in and all of that. But um, you know they, they they just they can't they can't do it. Now that actually brings us around to the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight because it's kind of connected. Because um, I got to say. We're coming out of the the Labor Day weekend, and we did see some, you know, slight uptick in people traveling there right before school started back up and, um, you know, right before the Labor Day and over the Labor Day holiday. And I was kind of disturbed to see the – well, it's being described in the press as, as travel shaming, um, you know, going around. And, and I think that – we really need to be clear here that there's a difference between being unsafe and traveling, right? They're not the same thing. <laughs> Correct. And, and so they're, they're kind of, they're different levels here of everything. Um, 
every decision we make, there's some, some things safer than others, some people more vulnerable than others. And it's a matter of managing the risk level that you're comfortable with, that is appropriate for you and your family, and the relative safety of where it is you're going. Um, and I think that particularly when it comes to Walt Disney World, um, you know, it, if Walt Disney World was such a terribly dangerous destination, we'd know by now. <laughs> we also know they wouldn't be open because yeah. they Sorry. create everything based off safety, as we've talked about before. That is number like, one. If, if safety is not safe, number they, one, they won't open. Correct. Well, and, and my point is that even if you were going to be skeptical about that and say, okay, that's just a corporate slogan, compare the fact that, that Walt Disney World has been open since basically the end of July. And while Florida overall is still really struggling to keep their case counts down, we're not seeing any kind of, you know, major bubble of infections that is coming from Walt Disney World and Orlando proper. Um, and, and we would know because they do test, they do trace, and just look at the news that we've been looking at for the last week coming out of Sturgis. Right? That's nothing but negative news unless you just don't care about what's going on. Unless you're totally closing your eyes to what's going on. Correct. And and the difference is night and day when it comes to talking about the things that are being done to protect people's health and safety at Walt Disney World versus what's hap- what was being done and really what was not being done in Sturgis. So, you know, the contrast could not be more stark. We've talked about the procedures at Walt Disney World before. You know, you got to wear your mask. It goes on your face, over your nose. No gaiters. It's got to be fabric that, you know, is enough to be protective of your fellow park attendees. Um, Sanitation procedures are being followed and people are being encouraged to wash their hands and use sanitizer more often. They're sanitizing attraction seats. They're taking people's temperatures. Um, You know, they're, they're making the environment there as safe as they can make it. They're They're kind of making it like a bubble. Yeah. They're making sure you're not even walking down the street and taking off your mask to eat or drink. I mean, it's as safe as you can possibly go. Um, compared to even what it takes to even go to the grocery store these days where, you know, people wearing their masks incorrectly, if they're wearing them at all. Yeah. Disney is taking this seriously. Yeah. And, and, None of those things were happening in in Sturgis. You had people gathering close. They were doing live concerts with people all close together, not wearing masks. Um, Just, you know, basically everything we just described as things that that Disney would normally do, but chose not to do because they decided it wasn't safe, is what was happening there. And is it any surprise that they have got this huge bubble of cases – Two weeks later, uh, you know, that, that are directly traceable to Sturgis. 
I'm not shocked at all. And, you know, I don't want to call people out, but all you have to do is put a mask on people. It's not that hard. It's really not. Two things. One, how many people were carrying COVID and didn't realize that they were because they were asymptomatic? And yet, here we come out with more than half of the attendees infected. And um, Oh, wait, let's be fair. It's not exactly true. It's, it's an equivalent number of cases traceable to, right? So yeah. some of those are already second-generation transmissions. Okay, I'll, I'll go with you there. But the other thing is, wh- when you're wearing a mask— I'm not scared. I'm showing respect for you as a person to make sure that we all stay healthy. That's my other point. Yeah, no, and I think that's an important one because really that's what we wanted to circle back around to, which is that that everybody needs to make the choice that is appropriate for their circumstances. And if you've got a health condition or a child who has a health condition or a family member who has a health condition that would be at, you know, put them at higher levels of risk, then of course you need to take a, a higher degree of precaution. Um, on the other hand, if you're relatively healthy and you're also being relatively careful, then, you know, if you're going to travel, you should also choose a place to travel that's being relatively careful. And so if you're making your choice between Walt Disney World and frankly, just about anywhere else, I don't see any place else. I mean, Universal is doing a darn good job themselves too. But, but you know, outside of those two major theme park destinations, I just don't see any destinations that are, are doing – uh, as consistently good, solid a job of being as protective as they can be in those environments. Yeah, I think you just hit the right word, consistent. I mean, they do it every day, day in, day out. And some places will try, but you know, are they really being consistent about it all the time, every day, every hour, every minute? Here's the real magical question, because we're at Disney. The NBA has proven you can stay at Disney, you can be in a bubble, and if you stay there, you can stay healthy. And these, I mean, how long have they been there now? Two months? Yeah. I I know it's miserable for the players. You can't see your family. You can't do this. But if you want to consistently do your job, Disney has kept their employees, it sounds like, safe. And the NBA players safe. That's impressive. Like, we're going on 60 days. Like, we can't do that around my neighborhood. Hmm. We can't keep people safe for 60 minutes. Yeah. No, and I, and I think it bears, you know, it, it bears some repeating. And And what I want people to understand, too, is that the flip side to that is we don't just assume then that because Walt Disney World has been relatively safe, that that means they should be bringing back these shows, doing fireworks displays, not requiring masks. Okay, this is cause and effect, folks. It's it's working because they're enforcing all of these measures, and no, none of them is a hundred percent protection. 
but all of them working together are relatively safer than a lot of the alternatives. Yes, the abundance of caution pays off. And if you don't want to do all the protocols, don't go right now. Like, wait. You know, it's just like we said, first-time trip people. This is not the time for you to go to Disney. You're not going to have the princess meet and greets and the Mickey and Minnie coming to your table. Like, wait. Wait for the more fun times. It will be back. It's just going to take a little time. Oh, and see, I would say it's just a different fun. Right. I mean, if your kids are are older and they're more interested in thrill rides than character meets, then take advantage of the fact that you've got shorter lines, no lines. and exactly. you know, uh, uh, more opportunities to ride those attractions that you want to ride. And hey, with park reservations and uh, limited park hours, it's not such a big deal when the teenager wants to sleep in a little bit. You know, you're not dragging everybody out of bed at 6 a.m. to make that 7 a.m. rope drop for an early uh, park admission. And the first timers, you know, that's the the whole M.O. is go, go, go. You can sleep when you're dead. You know, let's get this done. Let's let's get out and do everything. Cram every minute full of everything that we can. You don't have to do that right now. So a point well taken. If you're not looking for those character meet and greets and the character meals and those sorts of things like that, yeah, it's a great time to go. Heck, Epcot doesn't open until 11 now. We can sleep till 9, 9.30 at Disney. When did you ever do that? <laughs> to get the oh, Epcot? Some of us do that. But, but I mean, like with kids? You know, I mean. <laughs> if it does, it would be nothing to be rope dropping La Cava. Right. That's 11. Right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know, on that note, um, look, I I think that overall what we've painted is a picture of a very different holiday season, but one that I think is still going to be very much infused with holiday spirit. Um, It's just going to be different than what we've been used to over the last several years. So um, I don't know if you disagree if you think there's something missing that they're, they should be doing that they're not or you know if there's something in there that's that's riskier than it ought to be we'd love to hear about it you can email us at podcast at bizdads.com uh, you can also reach out to us individually you can email tim and tell him about all the stuff he was wrong about at <laughs> which is probably quite a bit tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com and you can tell Willie to go pound sand at Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E, at wickedmousetrample.com. That's also the email address that you'll want to have on hand so that you can email it and he can pay for your first three rounds when you're on your yeah. Christmas tree crawl. Better make you pay, buddy. And first three beers or drinks, not rounds. <laughs> And uh, if you need to email me to make sure that Willie follows through on that, you can email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at MouseMasterTravel.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, with my co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And Tim Hicks. I'll see you real soon. I don't play a damn thing, man.
hopefully somebody calls you on it. I would love for someone to call me on it. So the problem is that it's a fairly narrow time frame. Right. And it's really quick. Yeah. Right. Because it doesn't, I don't think it starts until November 27th. And it's over the 31st. Yeah. So it's like less than a month. Or barely. I'll tell the distads all about it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Willie's going to buy you drinks. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs>